Hey, what is up? It is Nathan Resnick with Sourceify, and today we have another amazing guest on Product Sourcing Stories. This is a show about the entrepreneurs, creators, and founders that bring ideas to life. Let's dive in and hear how these people grew. Welcome back to Product Sourcing Stories. Today we have Chris. This is one of my favorite entrepreneurs in the world. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your story and and what you've been building? Boom. Thank you for having me, Nate. Um, I remember hearing about you from my friends in in YC, and it's been so nice to connect and also see all of your growth um, throughout the past couple years. But I, uh, I own PACA, which is an alpaca sweater company or started as one, um, expanding to lots of other stuff now. But um, originally, it was just traveling through South America, came across this alpaca sweater this grandma had made, got one, got back to the States, and realized every time I wore it out that people had never seen anything like it and wanted one. So I um, flew back there on a one-way the next summer, built a team of weavers, and then, yeah, from there began creating this company. And... uh, it's been a wild ride. I just graduated from uh, UVA last year, um, and now I'm going in 100. percent So that's that's amazing. I, I I love the story and really love what you're doing. I want to talk about the first product you manufactured at Packer. Like, what was that experience? What was that like? I I knew nothing about it. I mean, and it's also so crazy now hearing other people's stories of how they go to such a factory setting and they deliver a tech pack or maybe never even meet the people, right? Like I actually did t-shirts in in high school, you know, to like sell to my class. And that was like my first entrepreneurship hustle. But when I was building PACA, I literally was like going to these women's houses in the morning in the outskirts of Peru, you know, working on prototypes together um and literally like then launching that website did all the photography myself and just shipping them out of my dorm room to start but like from conception I was on the ground there hands-on which I think is underestimated in terms of importance for for just seeing where your stuff comes from and having a better idea when maybe things go wrong or to understand also how you can pivot and create a better product it's like you got to see where it comes from, you know? Totally, totally. That's great insight. I'm, I'm curious, how did you like find your your first factory? I mean, you were on the ground floor there in Peru. Were you just kind of walking the streets and asking people, how do I produce these alpaca sweaters? Or what was that like? Because, I mean, from my understanding, there's not like a online database, like, you know, there's Alibaba in China and, and, and that uh, database. But in, you know, Peru and South America, you know, what was that process being on the ground floor there, going out and actually finding a factory? So I didn't, I mean, I built, so pack is vertical in the sense that um, I've, you know, built my own manufacturer and team of weavers uh, that has had to also logistically move all the way from the Andes mountains to the United States to someone's door. And that's been a huge um, learning process for me. And one that I've had to kind of, figure out every step of the way but the initial like factory or manufacturer was literally just out of some of these women's homes wow and uh now we're employing over 30 women full-time down in peru that's and uh expanding our distribution network that's amazing so you paca literally owns and operates their own facility which is incredible i mean 
just walk us through, I don't even know where to start the process of managing that. I mean, you have to have a team that's ordering the raw materials, you know, making mm-hmm. sure there's uh, operational efficiency. I mean, yeah. how you do see you go about that process? For a handmade product. Of course. Just, I, I think it would have been very helpful to have had, you know, some sort of mentorship. Like it was just failing and failing and failing and, and trying to, you know, figure out what was going wrong at every step of the process. I mean, from the actual blend of the alpaca wool that we created, you know, like ourselves to the designs and creating a modern product out of these ancient weaving techniques to shipping out of Peru, which is one of the most difficult, you know, shipping ports really in the world in terms of like exportation and, um, figuring how we want to package them, you know, like the whole biodegradable packaging. It just, it was, it's been a process and still continue to learn. But as you do things your, your way and yourself in the beginning, then you can outsource and contract. And I feel like nowadays it's, we're prone to outsource before we even understand what we're outsourcing, mm-hmm. you know? And if you do that too fast, maybe then you don't really, figure out how you want to change the experience for the customer or like do something different, build a novel product. Right. Um, so so let me yeah. get this right, Chris, you like, did you have any manufacturing experience before this or you just, you know, you hopped on a plane said, I'm going to build a facility that employs over 30 women. Not, that was not on the plan. Sweaters. Was, I mean, yeah. that's, that's incredible just to think about and take a step back and realize, you know, what you've accomplished and what you've been able to achieve. And, I mean, did you have manufacturing experience before this? Like, that's a huge undertaking. I mean, nothing apparel-wise. Definitely had some entrepreneur hustles, you know, um, since that middle school, like, you know, lemonade stand all yeah. the way through high school, like, slanging. Like, I, I've definitely worked hard on figuring out how to bring something to market you know a lot and that's been a focus of mine but going to the depths of peru has been like the craziest internship ever in building a business because of how hands-on it's been you know but there was no business plan it was just mainly curiosity the whole way through got it yeah and you mentioned quality control i mean what does that look like for you know your Mm -hmm. business and as these products rolling off your you know facility out of your facility what does quality control look like i mean how do you manage that that's a great question, um, especially because it's a handmade sweater. And as we move to, you know, higher quality knits and blends, which require better technology, I've been considering, you know, how we can improve, um, how we can maintain the handmade story and also not limit our capacity to create such a high quality like product that sits next to a modern bur- brand like Lulu or Nike and, and rivals them just in quality, you know, and that's so important is like, if, especially apparel, if, if your product doesn't speak for itself and the sizing isn't nailed, um, no one cares at the end of the day, how much, you know, empowerment you're doing or sustainable the product is. So for us and me right now, um, QC is extremely like a huge focus and we're actually working on having um, like a satellite powered uh, image that, you know, like, is flatlined for every step of the way when they lie down before it even goes to the United States and is finished. 
Um, but a couple of people are in place there, um, just going over each product before it's, you know, packaged and um, it's, it's made start to finish in Cusco. So before it's, you know, and also you have to account for in apparel, like the shrinkage after the vaporizing and softening. So there's a lot that goes into it, but I had a designer come down this past fall, Nike's ex senior designer, and he helped me a ton on building out like real tech packs with measurements and understanding because I, I had no experience in the fashion game, right? And right. it was so yeah, helpful. I mean, with, with apparel and fashion, I mean, there's so many little details that people don't realize. I mean, every cut and trim needs to be super detailed and dialed yes. in. I, I yes. want to also ask you know, I know you started with sweaters and now you've extended your product line. What's your process to go about, you know, validating these ideas before you start, you know, a big uh, production? I mean, how do you validate ideas with, you know, potential customers? That's such a great question because I think people trip a lot on if something's going to be even wanted. And for me, uh, a lot of it is just guided by our customer base and trying to make, let them be a part of the process in making the decisions. Like we launched these new baby alpaca bamboo socks and I sent out a survey just to the whole email list and was like, what colors do you guys dig? If we were to make like the coziest socks you've ever had. And they like, we, we literally took that information and went and made them. And then when we went to launch, the customers felt like a part of that process and therefore we're super excited to get them in the same way. Like when we were building that initial sweater, I hit up these like U.S. snowboarders, pro surfers, whatever. And it was like, how can I make your life better? You know? And if you go that direction where you're actually addressing needs as opposed to like hypothetically thinking what the market could use. Um, I mean, it's a blend, right? And it's, it's always going to be intuition at the end of the day, but as much input as possible, I would say from, from people. Got it. That's, that's amazing. Uh, I got to ask, what's one tool that your supply chain or business could not live without? I want to build this. Um, I mean, so Excel, like straight up, like Google Sheets, because I have dialed in, like, if I need to ship out 2000 hoodies by this date in the States, it backtracks and calculates based off the time, like when to place the wool order, when to place the time, like all of those things that need to happen. And I feel as if that kind of a software would be extremely useful um, to plug in to Shopify where it's like you, it based the hardest part of Packer for me is remembering to do stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I would love to have a program that allows me to not have to worry and remember to place orders for every right. part of the process, you know? Right. Got it. Um, yeah, it's, that'd be amazing. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe we should build it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm super game. I'll, I'll yeah. show you my Google sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about either a manufacturing disaster you've had in the past or a, you know, big manufacturing success story, um, either, or, um, big failure or roadblock was this past, uh, Christmas. Actually, we created this new quarter zip, but, sourced the zippers from YKK. And when we were on track to deliver by Christmas, however, we get the package in Peru, we open it up. By the way, this is shipped FedEx international priority. We get the package and open it up and it's just these weird metal parts from a Chinese company with like all this Mandarin on it. And 
I was like, where, where are the zippers? In FedEx, through like going through Peru's customs or something, switched out and put another box in ours. We lost that package, by the way, never got it. It was a total disaster. So I had to like save that and all of those, you know, orders and customers and send out like a wooden card that said your, your sweater is currently being made just so they could give something to someone for Christmas. But like, that was a big learning lesson for me to always add more padding to the manufacturing process. Cause when you're building a startup, it's always like, we got to do this by tomorrow, you know? And that's fun. And it's like this, the stress is very real, but when you're kind of moving to a bigger scale and stage, it's important always to underestimate the amount of time it's going to take or overestimate the amount of time it's going to take. Totally. And, and you know, you don't want to, you know, have to put too much cash in inventory, but at the same time, you know, yes. if that's going to create a problem in your supply chain, it's something that you've got to really realize it's worth the risk. Um, yeah. Chris, well, thanks so much for joining us on product sourcing stories. I know you have a ton going on. What's next? I mean, what's next for you? What's next for the brand? You know, what's the future hold? I mean, what a question for times like these. We're, what day is it today? April 17th, 2020, um, in the middle of a worldwide shutdown where people are just questioning everything about their lives. So for PACA, I mean, Peru's in a state of emergency. So we're paused up until that begins again. But man, loungewear is up 39%. And I really think we can crush the comfort game and continue to. And so we're looking into, you know, building out really high quality pants and um, clothing that I think is timeless. And my focus is on building practical value in apparel, not on like fast fashion. Um, I think that's where brands struggle. But you look at a company like Allbirds that has been still selling that shoe since day one because it's such a functional piece of clothing and that is mainly my focus is to continue doing that and bridging gaps for people and adding value to both sides of the equation totally that's amazing and, and i love how your supply chain is vertically integrated i mean there's very few companies that are able to accomplish that and you know achieve that to the magnitude that you have um, chip wilson gives a real great i mean he did that with lulu hmm. and his book little uh black stretchy pants is a must read Definitely. That's a great, great recommendation. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, packapparel.com. Just awesome. check that and then um, we'll, be, we'll be rolling out with some really nice products in a few months. Cool. So. Amazing. Chris, thanks so much for joining Product Sourcing Stories. Much love.